Hello, fellow kids, and welcome to episode 39 of Hello, Fellow Kids. Now you we can are come old. In. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're <your> grandmother. <laughs> For this month, uh, we are reading another graphic novel. Uh, it is Teen Titans Raven, uh, written by Cami Garcia and illustrated by Gabriel Piccolo. So, I guess th- this is the first time I like we've done graphic novels, but this is the first time we've really gone into the like superhero genre on here. Um, yeah, we haven't haven't done that one before, so that was new. Uh, so I guess what is your background with reading superhero comics and or the Teen Titans franchise? I kind of tend to not like the superhero stuff as much as I like other stuff, mm-hmm. which, uh, and I don't want to be one of those snobby people who goes like, I only read the ones that are like important because I'm, I'm not that way. But, um, I mostly just follow like writers I like. Um, like Gail Simone, I'll read anything she writes and she writes independent stuff and she writes the capes. So it's like, I'll, I'll show up wherever she's at. And I'll read something if I heard it had a good run or they're doing something interesting. So that's kind of, I never read it just for the sake of it being a superhero thing. And that being said, I don't have any experience with Teen Titans. I never watched the show. I haven't read anything. I don't like teens. So that's probably why I haven't read. uh... (laughs) Like it's right on the tin there. Like (laughs) I I know. I was just like, boy, it sounds like something I'm not going to be interested in. I'm out. Um, and I haven't read the, the runaways, which is also like a teen group. It's not my thing. It's not my jam. And you like every comic ever. So that's that where you're not quite true, but I do like the teen Titans. Um, I did grow up watching the original cartoon. It was one of the first, like, cause I did, I wouldn't say I became much of a fan of superhero stuff until like really until just before the first Avengers movie came out. Like I had seen a couple of the ones leading up to that, but I, even by that point, I hadn't really read a whole lot of the superhero comics. That's been a more recent development, but one of my earliest exposures to the superhero characters was from the original Teen Titans cartoon. Um, Far out. Well, if we're going to go way, way back and say like your introduction to like comic stuff, uh, Marvel's X-Men cartoon was very popular mm-hmm. when I was a child mm-hmm. and I watched, I watched that quite a bit. <laughs> they weren't teens though. Right. That, that, that cartoon came out later and I remember watching that little bit and going, I don't like this because I didn't like teens when I was a teen. <laughs> 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 I would have been like early teens at that time though. I wasn't like 17 trying to watch a cartoon going, Oh, what do you know? I don't like it. And you're like, yeah, it's not for you. Right. I mean, um, grownups can watch cartoons. But you must bear in mind when you're watching children's media that you are not technically the target audience. Right. And that's where, that's where a, lot of, a lot of people get the like criticism of it mixed up is like, are you critiquing something because it actually is low quality or has uh, some sort of like actual issue? Or are you critiquing it because you're not the intended audience and you're frustrated that it's not catering to you? Like you I have to picture- you have to meet it on its terms in that case. I'm picturing the brony who bought a my little pony coloring book and then he's sitting in his car reviewing it and he's like it looks so childish it's so babyish i'm like look at the front sir it's gonna say ages three to ten like i not have for to you. ask are you are you basing that on a specific video yes or oh wow okay yeah mm-hmm. yeah that yeah this wow. was this was not be me being i particularly am harsh toward brony culture yeah because, because of the no self-awareness and you're not you're coming at it like this is supposed to be for me. I'm like, no, it's not. It's like an unintended consequence that you're into it too. And yeah. you're invited to the party and you can hang out and like, like the stuff. No, I don't, I don't care about that. I mean, we're two grownups who have a podcast reading kids books. Yeah. So I'm totally not throwing stones about that. It's when you think it's for you. Right. It's like you can come to the party, but it's not your birthday. It's not your birthday. That's right. You might get a gift bag. so yeah i didn't like this book (laughs) uh one other quick question have you read anything by cami garcia before because i've seen her name on a ton of things but i've never read it no i've seen her name on a lot of things too and i have not read anything this is my first thing i read by her and i was like i don't think i'm gonna read anything else honestly it wasn't like anything nothing offended me i don't think anything was personally bad i didn't think i was just bored 
Okay. I don't, and, what, and what I tell you, I don't like being bored. Right. <laughs> I I mean, that's that's fair. I had fun with it. I It was a nice day yesterday, so I got to sit out on the balcony <laughs> and read it uh, and just kind of listen to, like, chill ambient music while I did it. And that kind of put me in her, her zone because she's wearing, like, headphones on the cover. I, I think we can both agree, though, that the some of the art is really, really cool. Um, I had no problems with the art. I the thought art, the art like, was terrific. The, the art uses uh, kind of watercolor style shading and a sort of selective color, and it's really effective in how the artist chooses that. Well, since so much of it is going through thoughts, it was really great to have the color bubbles there, because then it's in purple. It's like, oh, okay, this is Raven thinking it. She's not saying yeah. it. That was so, that was, I was just like, okay. Cause at first I was like, Alice, there's no color in this. Okay. And, and, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, effective. I liked it. My dislike of this is more down to like personal preferences rather than I can't point to everything and go, this is where it went wrong and this is where it went wrong, you know? Right. So, right. So I will not be raining on your parade this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a uh, this is very much a reimagining of the character. It is not tied to any specific continuity. There are some references to other characters in the DC universe, but don't go into this expecting the cartoon Teen Titans character or any other iteration of Raven that you've seen. Um, but this is the first in a at least three book series so far of her reimagining some of the Teen Titans. Uh, there's a preview in the back for a Beast Boy story, and then there is a team-up book after that. So it's just kind of her doing her own thing in a little corner of the DC universe, which, as far as, like, the movies and stuff go, I think Marvel hits it out of the park way more frequently than DC does. But DC has historically been better about allowing for just kind of really crazy off-the-wall reinterpretations of characters and stuff, and I think that stems from the fact that they didn't try to bring all their characters together so early in the game like Marvel did. So this sort of thing is something that I see more frequently with DC stuff than Marvel, but Marvel has also started branching out and doing that as well. But yeah, just don't don't go into this expecting it to be a, a, a continuity you're familiar with, just... Just treat it as uh, her character. Yeah, yeah. Um, I read the author note at the front where Cami Garcia like got in touch with like the person who created the characters. Like, is there anything I should do? Are there any no nos? Like, what? And they're like, just write it. <laughs> I mean, that's what comics are. You get to reimagine stuff, which is so funny to me that this is like this fandom or this particular kind of media. It's so gate kept when like the canon changes every few months yeah yeah especially so, like like superhero stuff <laughs> superhero stuff so so especially is like the creators don't own them the publishers do and because of that you're not going to be able to be like oh you can't you can't do that with the character because that's not what you know that's not what this version would do and it's like well that's not the same version no um, uh-uh. you know uh i do know <laughs> uh, yeah like there's just there's so much space for experimentation and stuff and as long as as long as you can go into it with everybody on the page of like listen this isn't this isn't this version of the character it's my version of the character just like give it a shot and see what you think like yeah i don't understand why people are so are so gatekeepy about it like <laughs> i will say like my favorite iteration i've seen of superman was uh it is actually like someone uh put scans of the comic on Tumblr and uh I think um Superman I think he's like disguised himself as Bruce Wayne cuz someone's trying to kill Bruce and he ain't super powered so if someone actually wants to do something to him he'll he'll be dead so Superman ends up ingesting some poison that was intended for Bruce and instead of dying he just comes across as really really drunk and he's like stumbling around the yacht and he's like saying, <laughs> hi, hi, Bruce's friends who aren't really his friends. <laughs> and then like this assassin character shows up to like take him, like finish him off. And he's expecting like a very gravely ill Bruce Wayne. And so that's just a kind of loopy Clark Kent, I guess. And uh, Superman grabs the sword and snaps it too and goes, boom, Sard Borkin, because he can't talk. <laughs> laughing so hard I was crying and I'm like what issue is this I really want to read the whole thing 
<laughs> so I like the iterations where like those two are friends and it's like, I'll take poison for you. Why not? I'm not going to die. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That had nothing to do with this, but I thought I'd at least talk about a superhero thing I did enjoy. Plus, with the graphic novel episodes, it's good to pad for time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're going to see if we're both going to end up ill while recording. I'm already starting to feel kind of weird. Um, Josh and I both got our second dose of COVID vaccine yesterday. I got Pfizer. What did you get? I also got Pfizer. Um, and we're Pfizer record- twinsies. <laughs> uh, we are recording this uh, well ahead of time, so it's not like we're super late to the game getting getting the vaccine. Um, we're- oh, yeah, 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 yeah. At the time we're recording this, we're, this is May. Yeah, so. no, I, I want nothing <laughs> more than to not have to deal with this anymore. So best believe I was signing up as soon as I could. Yeah, yeah. All right. Are we ready to go? Uh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Uh, here's Raven. Uh, it's split up into handy little chapters. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, when I opened it up, I was like, I was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Yeah, I liked that. All right. Um, chapter one. Raven and her foster mom, Vivian, are driving late at night in the rain. Mom suggests Raven skip school the next day so they can sign adoption papers. I don't know why they waited until she was 17 to do this, but whatever. Uh, Raven worries that because of uh, recent changes that we don't go into at this time, her mom won't really want to adopt her. And as this serious discussion goes on, a car runs a red light and rams them. Her mother is killed on impact and Raven is unharmed except for a case of amnesia. Chapter two. Raven goes to live with her mom's sister, Natalia, and Natalia's daughter, Max. Max is an only child and glad for Raven's company. She's decorated a room for Raven, and she's done some research into amnesia. She presents Raven with a box of her possessions, thinking they might trigger some memories. Uh, Out of fear of having an emotional outburst, Raven feigns tiredness, so Max leaves. Then uh, Raven goes through the box alone, and uh, nothing triggers any emotions except boredom for the well-loved copy of Bram Stoker's Dracula that she finds. There's also a slip of paper with I will not let you go into the unknown written on it and a red triangular jewel necklace, which she puts on immediately. Uh, that night, she dreams of a demonic figure telling her that she can't hide and that she belongs to him. Um, so right away, we get a couple of tropes that I she didn't lean into that I really appreciated, like a foster mom that the child actually like loves and they, they seem to have like a good relationship. And uh, suddenly having a new sister and being down with that. Like, I really liked that there wasn't really a question of, uh, like, familial bond for the most part. Yeah, like the resentful foster sister who's like, you're not even supposed to be here. Yeah. It was you know, just like, none of that I, crap. Yeah, it's just like, I'm so glad that you're part of the family. And she's like, you know, it's great to be here. Uh, <laughs> like, well, we all should have been cousins and, like, hanging out our whole lives. But the moms had some issue, so... Yeah. I do think it's weird. I was just like, oh, how long has she had her? Since she was a baby, why is adoption happening now when she's nearly 18? Right. So I was just like, I don't know about that. But I don't know much about Raven in the comics world. I mostly know her from the cartoon, but I don't recall if Rachel Roth is like a known alias for her or made up for this. Did you mention that in the box are just a, a bunch of radios? She says... She has, like, six things in the box, and three of them are radios. No, I just commented on the okay. more important stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, which I I just realized, I wonder if that has something to do with, like... It either has something to do with, like, communicating with, you know, some of the, like, the empath stuff, or drowning out things. Um, because, I mean, we'll get into it, but she, she has troubles with uh, being near people sometimes. Don't we all? You're okay, people. Maybe better than some people, but it's be- no people but, is better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you're still people. <laughs> but you're still people. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, chapter three. At school, Raven's able to read everyone's mind. She also gets to see the Regina George of the school, Alana, bully a classmate, which sucks. The demonic voice says Alana should be taught a lesson, so Raven thinks, I hope you trip and knock out a tooth. Now, what do you know? She does trip, but doesn't knock out a tooth. Bummer. Um, a boy named Tommy Torres ugh, comes in late and gets all horned up over Raven, which embarrasses her, and she goes to hide in the bathroom. 
What was that groan for? Was the groan for his name or just like his character? Both. Okay. Don't uh, be. Don't have a literative name unless you're going to be superhero. Don't be boring and have an alliterative name. <laughs> it's not allowed. I actually looked up the name Tommy Torres because I was like, it, you know, so many superhero names are alliterative. I was like, oh, I wonder yes. which character he is, and then it just comes up with a Puerto Rican singer songwriter, and I was like, oh, none of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I, I wish that Tommy Torres a very good career. This yeah. Tommy Torres can not. <laughs> Chapter four. Uh, Raven gets overwhelmed by all the voices, uh, all the psychic voices in the cafeteria. Max notices her discomfort. And when Raven tells her that it's just too loud in there, Max gives her a pair of noise canceling headphones to use. And it works for some reason. Um, they sit with Max's friends, Lily, Lola, and Aman. Alana makes some snide comment, and Raven hopes she chokes, which she then does, and has to be Heimlich. Uh, spooked by this happening twice, Raven pulls an aster and runs from the room, upset. <laughs> she ends up in the gym where Tommy's hanging out randomly. She hears him think, leave her alone, but she doesn't understand why he's thinking that. So she thinks the lyrics to Row, Row, Row Your Boat until she can blank him out. Uh, he offers her a candy bar, and she turns it down since she doesn't know if she likes candy bars, and then Aster's out of the room again. After school, a random older guy spies on Rachel and very realistically talks out loud to himself, so we find out Rachel's an empath. Uh, I'm glad that you used uh, Aster as a verb, because that's what I kept thinking about, like, oh, she keeps <laughs> running away from things. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how much of the headphone thing is like a, is, is like a placebo of, like, Max gave these to me to help, so they must help. Or I guess judging by Max's powers, maybe she did something to it, so it actually... Right. You know. Yeah. Would work in that capacity, because they were like, I don't know what's gonna help. And then it oh yeah, spoiler alerts, Max has secrets too. Because it's, yeah. you know, it's a teen superhero book, so lots of people have secrets. And it's Cammy's OC, so she gets crammed down her throat, so... <laughs> <laughs> gets crammied. <laughs> I don't like you. Okay. Um, <laughs> you're like, fair. <laughs> All right. At home, Raven tries to listen to music, but the demon voice tells her it's a trivial distraction. She's sick of voices and yells at it to shut up, and a raven shadow surges up over her, stopping the voice. Natalia and Max hear the shouting and come running in. They make sure Raven's okay, and it seems like Natalia sees the shadow. When Max and Natalia are alone... Uh, Natalia confesses that she suspects something's going on with Raven, that her mind is protecting her from the truth. Raven's mom died before she could tell Natalia what exactly that is, though, so that's convenient. Um, the next day at school, Raven wears the headphones and earplugs to block the voices out. She looks through her copy of Dracula, trying to make sense of the highlighted passages and hoping for some insight into her personality. Uh, chapter 6. I, uh, I, two of my pages were stuck together and I was like, you missed a bunch of stuff, but it was just, I, I was missing the, uh, the start of the next chapter. So yeah, yeah, you good. At school, Alana's mean again and tells Max she hopes she chokes. So Raven wishes the same thing on Alana again. So she chokes again. The teacher just tells her to stop being dramatic. What even is this book? Uh, then Tommy walks by and drops a note on Raven's desk telling her to meet him in the gym at lunch. What if she wants to eat? Anyway, he's he's got a backpack full of candy bars. He thought about that. Yeah, he's got a backpack full of candy bars for her to try, which is not at all weird. She tries some and finds out she likes peanuts best. She gets a little down since there's so much about herself that she can't remember. But hey, the candy bar thing is one fewer mystery. Tommy asks to see her outside of school, but the demonic voice chimes in that she can't trust him or anybody, so Raven takes off. Uh, Raven meets up with Max and tells her that something's wrong with her, that she's having unexplained mood swings. Max tells her she knows someone who can help. Uh, chapter 7. Max takes Raven to Tallulah's oh, house. On, of hold on. What's there to cover here? I don't know. You're very obviously not that into this. And I was like, I don't know. I didn't think it was like, it's fine. But okay. No, what, what candy bar insights do you have? Let's hear it. You know what? I like the fluffy stuff. I do, too. So I was like, oh, you're a dumb bitch. <laughs> uh, I, is nougat gluten-free? I don't recall what nougat actually is. I don't know if I can have the fluffy stuff anymore. You probably can't. Man. Gluten's and everything good. I'm sorry. That's like a really bummer thing you have. 
can we look up if if nougat has gluten? Yeah, yeah. Looks. Let's look up. Does nougat have? No. It's made with sugar, honey, roasted nuts, whipped egg whites, and sometimes chopped candied fruit. But it does not contain gluten. Does that mean you can have uh, Three Musketeers bars then? I don't know if any other things in Three Musketeers. I know there was there was one bar that like I was surprised was gluten free. I mean, Three uh, Musketeers is just mainly just the fluffy stuff. I mean, it has chocolate all around it. It can't just be fluffy stuff. But... Chocolate, sugar, corn syrup, cocoa powder. Yeah, I can have Three Musketeers. All right. Okay. So something good came from this book. <laughs> you found out that you can have three musketeers. I found my candy bar too. You did! Yay! <laughs> I am so glad I'm not in this position though, because if I had to have a whole mouthful of almond joy and taste that coconut, I'd have projectile vomited all over that gym and all over Tommy, which would have been a bonus. But <laughs> no, I cannot stand coconut. It's like. I think kryptonite's a strong word, but it kind of is. <laughs> it's a kryptonite. That and raw onions are like automatic barfers. Everything else I have that I don't particularly like, I can at least like finish it or whatever and then, you know, kind of push it away from me and be fine. Yeah. But coconut and uh, uh, and uh, raw onion, I'm going to be barfing. I have found that coconut is used as kind of a like a filler in a lot of things that are gluten free, so I um, I have to suck it up and deal with a lot of coconut now. You know, the flavor isn't bad, it's just that god awful texture that I just can't handle. Yeah. It's it's rough. I'm glad I'm not I'm I don't have to have gluten products because I think I'd just die. <laughs> yeah. I mean I guess I just eat fruits and vegetables for the rest of my life, but yeah. <sighs> what what's really fun is when you have to go gluten-free so your body can heal, and then while your body is healing, it starts rejecting other foods because it's like it's like you need to calm down with all of this stuff. I'm trying to fix like I'm trying to fix your digestive bits. So like right now, even though there's shouldn't be anything wrong with it, I can't have oats either, which means I can't just have gluten-free stuff. I have to have like grain-free stuff. Um, Ugh, and I can't have anything with fruit sugars right now, so I can't have any fruits. Did you do something to your body to make it hate you? I mean, like... Because it's completely trying to murder you at this point. <laughs> like, I I did I did make a deal with, like, a dark figure in a back alley seven years ago. For what? <laughs> Good hair. I don't know, man. You have a lot of split ends. I think you should get, your, <laughs> get a refund. You should really talk to your demon about that. Talk to your demon about your split ends. <laughs> Quick, pick up your necklace. Hello? All right, chapter seven. Max takes Raven to Tallulah's House of Spirits to get her tarot read. She can't read anybody's mind in the store, which is good, since the proprietor doesn't allow headphones, earbuds, or cell phones inside. How, how do you know someone doesn't have their cell phone in their pocket? Does it just mean they can't be using it in the store? Probably. And even so, what if they just wanted to pull up Google and find out what book it was they actually wanted? No, they have to they have to draw a circle on the floor and like sit down and wait for it to come to them. Uh when I was writing my notes for this, I had to write it as uh I wrote it outside so remember if I had to say it as magic with AK store because otherwise <laughs> I would have been like, you know, where you get like those those fake thumbs <laughs> or the um the little uh, wand that you wave it, and then, like, the flowers the, pop out yeah, the end. flowers. <laughs> or, like, a dead bird in a bag. I'm not sure what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should open a magic store and call it Magic with a K. <laughs> okay, um, the tarot reader, Miss Eliza, sits down with the girls, though Eliza's hairless cat hisses at Raven. Eliza says that cats are sensitive to emotions, much like Raven is, since she's an empath and all. Raven's like, a what now? So they re-explain what an empath is, because basically an empath is just someone who's sensitive to people's emotions. Even though in my experience, people who describe themselves as empaths are usually the biggest pieces of shit in the whole world. I remember just a very obnoxious person in the, in the uh, library being like, where are your books about empaths? 
because I'm an empath and I need the books. I'm like, why don't you empath where the shelf would be then, you dumb bitch? <laughs> yeah, I I have thoughts about things. Empaths or libraries or what? Uh, just Both. The yeah. Well, none of this is my problem anymore because as of last week, I am homeschooled now. I'm so jealous. I've been dreaming of homeschooling since I was little. Like, I remember coming home from the first day of, like, third grade crying, asking my mom to homeschool me. Why do I have to be around other people for this? (laughs) Yeah, I can easily be confused at home. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's get on with this. Um, I just took a drink of cherry vanilla Coke, and I feel a burp forming, so I apologize. It's going to blast everybody when it decides to come. Oh. Um, Not like spoogy, but, you know, arrive. Anyway, I don't know if if that's what happened there. That reminds me of, there was I don't want to hear what this reminds you of. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) How personal is it? Not. Okay, go ahead. So there's a there was a Dane Cook joke, and this was back uh, when I was this was back when I was in high school. So I thought Dane Cook was sort of funny, and it was yeah. something about like being at the movie theater and like uh, people would come like like enter behind him and sit down and be like, "Why is the floor so sticky?" And he would turn around and shout like, "Hey man, I just came!" And like that was supposed to be the joke, and I didn't know what that meant. So when I told oh, somebody, no. when I no when I told somebody else the joke, I made the punchline, "Hey." I just got here. Oh, no. And the person just kind of blinked at you? Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> it was funny when he said it. It was because he shouted it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember he'd like wear those like little tank tops and then just like shout stuff over and over up on stage and everyone would be like, tee, he's so funny. Yeah. It was a sad time. Yeah, he was like, he was like on top of the world for a little bit there. Like he, he was... <laughs> He did have a bit that I liked about, like, a bee. He's like, I will punch every bee in the face. <laughs> it's like, no, you're not. You're not going to punch every bee in the face. <laughs> but yeah, he was, like, the number one comedian in the country for a while. Yeah, he, just... had, like, he had, like, a string of, like, three back-to-back albums that just, like, kept him on top for a bit there. But the thing is, while he was popular, my favorite... At, at that time, my favorite comedian was Mitch Hedberg. So, I think I win. <laughs> and now one of them's career is dead and the other one's just dead dead. Hey, if he hadn't died, I think he'd still be doing really well. I think that if he hadn't died, he'd probably still be alive by now. I, I mean, I don't think his career would have tanked. I think he would have yeah. kept, kept yeah. going. Not um, like how everyone hates John Mulaney now. Why do they hate John Mulaney? Um, John Mulaney uh, recently got out of rehab, and he's divorcing his wife, and he already has a new girlfriend. So, I think more people are upset about the just has a new girlfriend. Yeah. Because I, I was just like, we don't, let's not judge anything, okay? Because, like, uh, I think the um, quarantine was really hard on him, so then he kind of reverted to old habits and got back into, you know, alcoholism. And I'm not going to judge anybody for doing that. And then getting a divorce... I wasn't going to judge on that either, but then they're like, oh, hey, and now he has a girlfriend. I'm like, okay, you're, you're good. You're trying to make me judge. I mean, I, I but you also, like, to. we don't know how, like, what was going on behind the scenes if, like, we there don't. had been, like, talks of separation for a while before but that or anything like really that. really bad. <laughs> yeah, but, like. And he's, and he's presented himself as, like, this, oh, hey, I love my wife so much and she's made my life better and all this. And when you invite us that much into your personal life and then this happens. I've always been really nervous about him because of how much everybody just adored him. It's like, he's the unproblematic fave. And I'm like, don't ever say that because you are just dooming somebody. And I guess he could have Jenna Marbles himself and said, well, that's it for me. Bye. And then just leave us all alone forever. But, uh, yeah, I miss Jenna Marbles. I also, I, I, want, I wonder, like, how much people would care about this if, like, there was any other more exciting scandal going on. Because, like, all things considered, that's fairly low on the list of awful things stand-up comedians have done. Like, that's not a Louis about... C.K. <laughs> no, no, totally. <laughs> I kind of feel like it's not like everyone's mad at him, it's just everyone's really disappointed. We're not mad, we're just disappointed. We're just disappointed. And maybe some people are like Tyra Banks, like, we were rooting for you! We were all rooting for you! 
<sighs> that reference um, is never going to get old. <laughs> Uh, but meanwhile, what is getting old is this synopsis, so I should get back to it. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I know you want to pad out the episode, but I would like to actually get I just through this. To, I just wanted to say a thing about stand-up comedians that made me happy. Oh, okay. Let's not end on egg negativity. Go ahead and say a happy uh, thing. Are you familiar with the stand-up comedian uh, Stephen Wright? Oh, isn't he like the really deadpan guy? Super deadpan, low yeah. voice. Yeah. So he's been in the business for like decades. Forever. Yeah. He o- he only has two specials on CD. One I think was released in like 1985, and it's called "I Have a Pony." <laughs> and then his second one was released in like 2007, and it's called "I Still Have a Pony." That's pretty great. And a copy of that came came through at the uh, at the library, and I was very excited. I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> he does still have a pony." Good. Get I was this. wondering about that. You know, if it hadn't been for his horse, he never would have spent that year in college. <laughs> That's one of my favorite Lewis Black uh, quotes for anybody who wants to go watch one of his things. All right. Okay, the empath. That's how we ended up over here. Uh, We're in the middle of a tarot reading. Yeah. So anyway, they explain what an empath is, and then they read the cards, which aren't great. The results are secrets, doubt, and blocked psychic abilities for the first card, illusions, dreams, and misconceptions for card number two, and the third card uh, is the outcome of the two previous cards, which uh, Max says it's bad and she won't tell, but uh, Eliza says that the card, the reversed wheel of fortune, represents negative forces, lack of control, and upheaval. Uh, Raven's skeptical, and Eliza tells her that the future's constantly changing, and Raven's ultimately in charge of her own destiny. Uh, Raven doesn't feel all that in control since she still doesn't have her memories, and Eliza tells her that strength doesn't come from memories, but from your heart. Which never forgets. They leave, and Max teaches uh, Raven to create a force field around her mind so she can move through life without the headphones. Have you ever had your tarot read? No. I've had it done twice, and it was correct both times, so I'm just like, I'm not fucking doing this again. <laughs> no, I, I, had a, I had a friend that would read tarot, and I was like, how come you've never read tarot for me? And she's like, I just have to, like, I have to feel it, you know? And I'm like, no, but okay. <laughs> Uh, and then I didn't really know anybody else that could actually read it. I just, I know a lot of people who are, like, vaguely interested in that stuff, so they, like, have tarot cards, but then they don't, you know, they're just like, they're so pretty. And I'm like, they are, but, like... I, I read Oracle cards for myself once, and I didn't like the answer, so I haven't looked at it again. <laughs> it was all like, you. Pre- she, the response is like, you should just talk to the person that you're having an issue with, and I'm like you know what, screw you, and I just put the cards away. <laughs> I was upset with the Oracle cards because they kept giving me responsible advice. It was it was, good, it was solid advice. I was like, that's great. That's but not I'm what not I need right that. now. That's not what I need right now. I wanted you to just tell me to follow my dreams. <laughs> I thought I could count on you to do that because you have pictures of unicorns everywhere. <laughs> that's why I bought the Oracle cards because they had unicorns on them. And then um, the woman who saw me buy them once was like, Hey, we got this tarot deck here and da 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 da. And I was like, I only bought the Oracle set because there were unicorns on them. And she's like, oh. Because <laughs> she thought I was super into uh, that thing and I'm, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like an asshole. <laughs> okay, anyway, chapter eight. Sure. Okay. Okay, so the girls go hang out at a cafe where Max ignores calls from Iman. He wants to be more than friends, but Max is keeping him at arm's length because she has secrets. Raven confesses to Max that she made the shit happen to Alana and warns uh, and worries that she's a horrible person. Max tells her that she isn't one and points out that a horrible person wouldn't be worrying about being a horrible person. And I was like, solid logic. (laughs) On the way home, Raven hears the thoughts of a girl being bullied by her boyfriend and then frets that her shield wasn't good enough. Yeah, let's not worry about the domestic abuse or anything. Um, the guy spying on Raven steps in and beats up the boyfriend before getting a call from Adeline. He snaps at her that he's getting the kids for her strike team and to lose his number. Uh, meanwhile, <clears throat> Max and Raven find Natalia lighting candles at an altar, asking one of the family, oops, one of the Loas to protect Raven's mom on the other side. Loas are spirits that act on behalf of the living, who Max refers to as Henri dead relatives. Raven can't remember her mom and asks about her. 
um, her mother Vivian had always wanted a baby and she found Raven with a priest that her birth mother had left her with. And apparently Raven's bio dad was violent and bio mom was worried that Raven would get hurt too. So Raven likes that her biological mother cared enough to leave her somewhere safe. So the guy that interrupts the bullying, he's got an eye patch and a a gray beard. So, you know, he's got a grizzled voice. Um, his name is Slade, which if anyone uh, is not familiar with DC lore, that is Slade Wilson, a.k.a. Deathstroke, who is the main antagonist of the Teen Titans cartoon. Uh, he is also just like a he's a master assassin. I'm assassin. Yeah. And he is, uh, I believe, Deadpool was uh, originally designed to be a kind of almost ripoff of Deathstroke. Because That's his name I've is heard. Wade Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then they went in the direction of the fourth wall breaking stuff, and they're two totally separate characters now. I don't know off the top of my head who Adeline would be. I did not look that one up before recording. She, she's probably really sweet. That's a joke for everyone who's in a barbershop quartet. Hope you, hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> sweet Adeline. <laughs> so stupid. Wikipedia says... Ex-wife of Deathstroke, soldier and mercenary, who founded Searchers, Inc., which is a group that... Searches. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm not familiar with her. She hasn't shown up in the DC comics that I've read, really. But Slade Wilson is around a lot, so... That's all I wanted to say. Does he have a cousin named Wade who he doesn't like? Uh, I mean... He's always calling and asking for money, so I just hang up on him. (laughs) Um, that and uh, the Loa, the concept of the Loa, um, is also utilized in a Valiant comic series called uh, The Shadow Man, about a character who comes from a family of voodoo practitioners, and uh, he uh, uses a Loa as like a like an like an over spirit in order to um, like fight with like the dark spirits and help guide the the good spirits into the realm of the dead. So I was familiar with that term from that, which is maybe... <laughs> I, recogn- ma- I recognize that reference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Chapter nine. Max announces to Raven that Tommy Torres just texted her and shows the message that asks if Raven's okay. Raven tries to act like it's NBD, but she's blushing. One of the few uses of color in the comic. She has like pink cheeks and she's just like, shut up. <laughs> um... Max leaves the room and Raven's phone goes off with a text from Tommy saying that Max gave him Raven's number. So they text back and forth. Tommy asks her to hang out after school, which she agrees to. And God, is this so boring? (laughs) Chapter 10. (laughs) Natalia goes to her family mausoleum and Raven's bird shadow follows her. She asks the Loas to help her see what's going on with Raven. And uh, and, uh, she asks them to help if uh, she ever calls upon them. In response, the mausoleum cracks. So I didn't know if that was a, yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) In the morning, Raven tells Max she dreamed of Natalia in the cemetery, which spooks spooks Max into immediately telling her mother. Natalia reveals that it wasn't a dream. Whoa! She surmises that the Raven shadow is a part of Raven's soul, astral projecting without her knowledge. Uh, Chapter 11, Raven finally asks Max why they didn't grow up knowing each other, and Max says that their moms had some falling out or whatever. Anyway, enough about this interesting thing. Let's dedicate pages to the prom. At this school, the girls are expected to ask by sending their potential dates roses. Uh, what if two boys wanted to go together? Homophobic much? Speaking of which, a girl sends another girl a rose, and the organizer assumes it was a mistake. It doesn't just say, oh shit, sorry, have fun at prom, but thinks everyone's nasty for correcting her. Ugh. Uh, I was actually curious how what you thought about the uh, Lola and Lily uh, promposal scene, just in terms of like, like I I felt it was a little bit shoehorned in, but I also appreciated yeah. what it was doing, so I was like, eh, it can stay. Yeah, I was like, whatever, fine, okay, because <laughs> I was thinking like, well, what if same genders want to go to yeah. dance? Is that not loud? I couldn't tell if on page 105 when the two guys are really excited about the roses if they were receiving them from each other uh or if that was just two guys in a row getting different i think it was two guys in a row getting different yeah 
I, I don't know if the response to like, hey, these over a top proposals make us uncomfortable if the response is, well, we're going to go in the other direction then. Right. Because of quality. Like, how about people just ask who they want to ask? Why right. does there have to be like a production? Um, just ask. I, I did like um the with the part of the, the tell off scene. I specifically liked the part of the girl who's like, I'm not as small minded as some people at school. I have gay friends. Y'all must know Andrew and Tyler from Pritchard. Of course we do. Really? No. Do you think there's a weekly LGBTQ meeting where we all hang out? And I'm like, that's so true. Where like, so when my dad was in high school, he was on the football team, and there was one black player on the team, and the coach came up to him and was said something to the effect of like, "My nephew's friend is black. Uh, he lives in California. Have you met him?" Oh. Yeah. Exactly. Where it's like, yeah. Because any sort of, like, minority demographic, they, they all they know, all know each, other. each other, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Off the top of my head, I could name every single bisexual person in this area. No, I fucking can't. That's <laughs> mostly because I'm a misanthrope who doesn't want to know anybody. But secondly, because it doesn't work that way. <laughs> all right, uh, chapter 12. She's saying that as a cover-up after this. She's going to pull out her ham radio and get on, like... <laughs> They're on to us! <laughs> <laughs> onto us, run! <laughs> and then it just starts convoy, and everybody like loads up into into trucks and starts. It has to relocate. Boy, I wish we had a better runaway song than convoy. That song's terrible. <laughs> My mom loves that song, and she's like, "I just wanted to be a trucker girl after I heard that song." She wanted to be a lot of things for like twelve <laughs> minutes. She wanted to be a horse girl, but was like afraid of riding horses. Uh, she she wanted- should. She wanted to be a soccer girl, but didn't want to actually play soccer, so what she did was she bought a soccer ball, and then would just carry it around to be like, like, maybe I'm not playing with it now, but I want people to think that I could if I wanted to. It took her a while to be, like, comfortable just being herself. Yeah, like, you can find a hobby you can actually do. Alright, chapter 12. Uh, Raven and Tommy hang out after school, and he asks her to prom, since she's a rule breaker... And the girls don't need to ask. And God, I don't like this book. Anyway, at home, uh, Max is flipping out about Amon putting the pressure on her to make their relationship more serious. She takes it out on Raven by guilting her for being the main character, which I always hate. She's like, you're acting like you're the main character. I was like, because they are. Okay. <laughs> Blame Cammy. <laughs> She's the one writing the book. Anyway, um, Natalia goes to the cemetery again and gets the advice that Raven shouldn't get too emotional. This is good advice, as teenagers are seldom emotional and tend to be pretty even-keeled. Um, chapter 13, everyone goes shopping for prom. Uh, Max spots a guy following them. Uh, it's Slade, but uh, he ends up talking to Tommy. Tommy then tells them that, hey, that's his uncle. Max senses something is off with Tommy, and she doesn't want Raven being alone with him. So she tells Amon she'll go to prom with him. Amon's like, what the fuck? Why the rapid about face? And Max is like, whatever, I'll go alone. Then Amon's like, okay, fine, we'll go, but keep your, just keep your secrets. And it's the most resentful promposal slash acceptance I've ever seen. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably more realistic than some of the more romantic ones, to be honest. Yeah, though. yeah. <laughs> It's like they have such bitterness between them that you only see of, of like, divorced parents who are switching the kids off in the McDonald's parking lot, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't think you can, uh, like, oh, actually, you can't have them next weekend because we're going to my mom's cabin. Oh, okay, it's good that you're bringing this up now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and you're just nearby, like, I just want to get a Happy Meal. <laughs> and nothing happy is happening here. What's what's the what's the vine where someone's trying to order at like a waffle house? Can I or get something? a waffle? Yeah. Can I please get a waffle? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that reminds me. Uh, so when I was going to get lunch the other day, um, I ordered and I always just wait outside for them to bring it to me. Because um, you're a little out. prince, huh? I said because you're a little prince. <laughs> bring me my food. No, I know COVID. La la. Okay, go ahead. So they come out, and usually, usually I get I get two, uh, two fry fills because they they're not very big. Um, and uh, the the guy comes out, and he's like, "Hey, so there's only one in here. Uh, one of the cooks started fighting with one of the line employees, and uh, was holding your fries and threw them on the ground and left. So sorry about that." <laughs> I was just like, "Okay." See you tomorrow. Yeah. Good luck. 
awkward. Yeah. I I think, uh, if I recall correctly, a lot of places are struggling right now with, like, high turnover and stuff because this whole mm-hmm. situation has been so stressful on people and it's it, a lot of jobs have become even more thankless because they're putting people out on, you know, where they're more susceptible to, to actually catching COVID just for the sake of keeping yeah. the business afloat. And I mean, so people are like, they killed they killed their entire first workforce. Yeah. And now there's this. So. Yeah. And so people are like, no, I don't have to put up with this. I'm leaving. And which is fair. Um, but there are a lot, there's a lot of like high tension places. So I'm like, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't blame anybody for getting fed up with this sort of thing. I mean, Um, you're kind of experiencing that at, uh, the library right now since they got rid of everybody. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, and then no one wanted to come back. (laughs) It's the management staff and then one other person that was there and then everybody else very new. So Yeah. It's been an adventure. Um, I, I've been realizing, because as we're recording this, they just recently altered the, uh, the, uh, you know, the mask mandates for a lot of places where if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask in some situations. Um, and yeah, who knows by the time this comes out if that actually, like, worked out or if we have another spike. I can tell you it won't. There will be a spike. Yeah. Because all the, all the anti-vaxxer people have just been waiting for this. Yeah. I'm just going to keep wearing my mask. Yeah, and, like, so uh, at uh, at the library, uh, we had three three people who opted, like, the three customers or patrons, however we want to code this, um, <laughs> throughout the day that opted not to wear masks. And we can't just be like, can you show me your vaccination card or anything like that? We have to go with the trust system, which works so well in America. It doesn't, um, it doesn't work. It doesn't they work need at to, all. They, they need to make it a law that you have to present the card yeah. when you go into businesses without a mask. Yeah, and apparently one of the other people uh, overheard two of the customers talking, and one of them only had one of their shots, and the other one hadn't received any yet. Um, but because we can't ask for documentation, there's nothing that we can do about it. I'm like, great, cool. And so I'm realizing that I'm going to have not to the degree of somebody who went to war or anything horrific like that, but I am going to have a, a probably a form of like PTSD from this, uh, where I'm just yeah. going to be way more on edge than other people for a long time after, just because of having to be out there with people, you know, five days a week for like a whole year, policing people's masks and yeah. you know, watching the numbers yeah. and all of that stuff. So it's rough. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's too bad you didn't get laid off, too. Then you could have found something better yeah. and you wouldn't be in this position. But yeah. I mean, I mean, I wish you'd lost your job. <laughs> <laughs> I understand make... the sentiment, though. There is you a certain blessing so for a lot money. of people who yeah. I have such a cushion now from like that extra amount of money they were giving for people who got laid off because of COVID. Yeah. So I have like such an, a nice cushion in my bank account that I'm OK. But I did take on a job. I only got, I'd only collected unemployment for two months before I got another job just so I could get out and not like, I'd, I'd been in my house crying every day for <laughs> a few yeah. months. So I was like, cool, let's go somewhere else. And so I was like, I hate coming here. I want to be homeschooled. But at least then it's on your terms. Precisely. Yeah. So. And plus I'm still employed. Yeah. And randomly got a raise and hadn't even been there a year. And that was like kind of cool. But, um, Anyway, like a real race, not like, hey, we're going to give you 13 cents more while you're expected to go. Thank you. Yeah. God. Jesus, where were we going? Uh, well, so we're technically at the start of chapter 14, but I did want to say that okay. I think Raven's prom outfit's pretty cute. It's like a, it's like a black dress that's like not super short or anything, but it has the, what is it called? The, the like netting thing, but not like fishnet. Oh, it's a tool. 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 Yeah. It has like tool on the bottom. And then she has like a, she has like a, a bluish jacket that goes over it that has like birds which is a little on the nose but i don't know it's cute that's all yeah it was, it's a cute outfit okay chapter 14 everyone gets dressed up for prom and off they go where it looks like it's in the school gym what schools have prom in the gym anymore poor um, ones they're in new orleans they're, I... they should have like a really big population considering they're in new orleans and when you have like a huge population of students that's usually why you have it somewhere else, because uh, my school had hella people, and they had a prom at a hotel in Seattle. And I would not describe us as rich. 
I don't know where my prom was because I didn't go to it, but I feel like it might well, have still. Been I didn't at the either. <laughs> I feel like it still might have been at the school. We had a we had a graduating class of four hundred ish. With an enchantment under the sea theme. I don't know. I just think it's weird to have it in the gym. I don't. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Natalia goes to the cemetery and finally gets some useful information. A demon named Trigon. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Okay. Trigon is after Raven. And off she goes running. This does not count as an aster because she's running in a panic to go avert, avert a situation. She's running to something, not away from something. Precise. Yeah, I said precisely. That's totally what that word is. If someone tries to tell you it's precisely, they are wrong. Okay. Um, Tommy takes Raven to another side of the school to confess something, but she's not interested in talking. She wants kissing. She gets a little lightheaded, though, and she goes to the restroom. Uh, that's when Tommy's uncle shows up and berates him for being all romantical when he was only supposed to make Raven trust him. He takes off saying he's going to check out a kid in Georgia and that Tommy gets to find his own way home. Who's the kid in Georgia? Is that Beast Boy? I would assume based on the second book being Beast Boy that it is him, but there's not like a, I don't know of a specific Teen Titan that's like, oh, they're always from Atlanta or something like that. I just really go like, hey, y'all, yeah. <laughs> I'm a Teen Titan. <laughs> I'm fighting enemies. <laughs> Anybody want a peach? Y'all want sweet tea? I can make you sweet tea. <laughs> LeBron James. LeBron James. Why is that funny, though? I don't really, I never thought that was funny. The LeBron James. I, I don't think that his pronunciation of it is necessarily that funny. I think it's the fact that it's the exact same pronunciation every time. Like, the, the teacher coming through the door every morning and saying hello the hello. exact same way. Like, his way of saying hello isn't in itself super funny, but that he hits the exact same tone every time. But he wears the same type of outfit every yeah. time, too. So that adds to the humor. I at least understood that one. I didn't know why the LeBron James thing was funny. <sighs> it's no free Shavakadu, is what I'm saying. <laughs> free Shavakadu? <laughs> Come to Del Taco and get your free Shavakadu. <laughs> oh, fine. Okay, chapter 15. Raven's in tears because boring basic Tommy was a big ol' liar, and the trauma of it brings back her memories of her, of her demon father, Trigon, and how her foster mom trapped him in the necklace Raven's been wearing, and her mom was always warning her to stay calm to keep the beast contained, but now he's out. Rot row. I like, chapter- the, pa- I like the panel of... Well, I don't like the fact that little kid Raven is crying in the panel, but I do like the fact that she's holding a little Wonder Woman doll. Yeah, she's like, I think she was into it because uh, at the author note, Cami Garcia said she loved Wonder Woman. So it's like, yeah, yeah, put in the stuff you like. Why not? That's yeah. cool. It was something like how she made her like she made her own Wonder Woman costume or a family member did. And she wore it more times than she probably should have. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was relatable. I liked that. OK, um, chapter 16, Natalia shows up to fight as well as Max, who Natalia calls Soulstorm. Um, Natalia calls on all the ancestors, and they show up in droves, and Raven joins her power with theirs, and they bind Trigon into the necklace again, because they didn't actually have the power to, like, destroy him. Mm-hmm. All right, chapter 17, Raven puts the necklace on against the advice of her ghost mom. Yeah, one of the relatives that show up is the ghost mom. I feel like they should have made more of a big deal about her being there but okay whatever uh ghost mom has to go and she tells raven that she's safe with natalia and max tommy tries to butt in with his bs but raven tearfully calls him a liar uh tommy says the man isn't his uncle which we kind of gathered dude but uh (laughs) the dude works for an organization that tommy's father belonged to uh that looks for teens with special abilities he doesn't know what they need the teens for though and luckily we finally walk away from him um Raven finds a note uh, from the guy who's not Tommy's uncle, leaving her a phone number and the message that he knows how to stop Trigon. And the next day, the girls talk about their powers, particularly Max's ability to attract spirits. Raven shows Max Slade's letter and announces her plan to look for the guy. And here we are, final chapter, chapter 18. Uh, Natalia's like, no, you're not doing this. And Raven's like, I got superpowers and school's basically done for the year. I'm going. 
Max goes behind Raven's back and tells her mom that she'll go along with Raven so she won't be alone. And Natalia really hates the idea, but she makes Max promise to check in and ask for help when she needs it. The next day, Raven parts ways with her new family, not knowing that Max is totally going to follow her. Chapter 17, uh, Max and Raven are sitting on their balcony uh, talking. (laughs) Max is using a water bottle to, like drop, like, single droplets of water on the heads of people walking by, so they look up and they're like, what, it's raining? Uh, <laughs> which I thought was a very amusing, like, that. that's about the level of mischief that I, I think is appropriate, where it's like, this doesn't harm anyone, but it does confuse the heck out of them, and that's pretty good. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, that's the end of it, and, like, they're family. Yay! Yay, family. Yay. And it was fine, it was fine. I gave it two stars, because... It wasn't a one-star book, but it wasn't I didn't your, like your jam. But I didn't like it enough to give it three, so two seemed fair. That's what I give to like boring but not bad things. Yeah, it's not um, bad. I was in the high three, probably. I'd be um, I'd be fine with us giving this a three. Yeah, perfectly competent. I will check out the the Beast Boy book, even if you don't want to do it for the podcast. I'll still see where they go with him. Uh, well, yeah, you've always, you've always liked the Teen Titans, so it makes sense for you to continue to follow this. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I. I... <laughs> <laughs> we have yet to get a book where one of us just loves it and the other one hates it. Yeah. It's always more like, oh, I love it, and the other one going like, I just thought it was all right. Yeah. Or like, it... I thought it was really good, and the other one's like, ah. Yeah, but it's usually it's usually like, I wasn't as big a fan, but I respect that you liked it. That's yeah. the, mostly the end of the confrontation. <laughs> I think it's because our taste aligns pretty evenly. So yeah. even what works really well for one of us may not work so well for the other, but it's not like it doesn't work at all. Yeah, and I think we also have a similar threshold for, like, objective quality in a lot of things. Yeah. Um, Where, like, we can, we can both recognize something as being well done or not so much, and then the the shades of personal connection build off of that right so next month we're going to be looking at uh ria and the blood of the nectar by payal doshi uh it just released uh, a couple i guess at the time of recording uh releasing this it hasn't released yet but it will come out in mid-june and so we'll be covering it at the start of july um so you can look forward to that and then i think next we were talking about possibly just finishing up the fable haven series yeah, yeah, uh, but, one more book. Uh, when when was that? Um, sorry, but like when was that next? Uh, Small Voices supposed to come out? Dark Waters or some Deep Waters? Something about water. Yeah, it's supposed to be the spring story. Yeah, Dark Waters expected publication August third. So I don't know if we would want to read it right away or if we would want to wait for the cycle to go back around to spring. Well, we seem to never really know what to do in spring. That sounds. Like That's true, there have... aren't, like, holidays and stuff as much. That's why I keep suggesting that um, Magic Treehouse book about the leprechauns. <laughs> <laughs> I would be so impressed if we could make an episode that even lasted a half hour doing a Magic Treehouse book. Those things are I have... so... Yeah, they're pretty short. Are they even, like, 40 pages? Like, Yeah, I I know the later ones get a bit, a little bit longer. Um, Like, I think they end up skewing, not, like a lot older but like a grade or two older once you get further on but the early ones are like like 30 words a page and then an illustration on the on the other page the ugly children find a leprechaun i'm sorry those two kids they have on those covers are hideous Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you didn't do a chapter 11 bankruptcy in this one you were so like you were so focused on getting through it you didn't even i'm sorry did i just ruin an we have to record the whole episode again Oh, don't do that. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to be even more ill-tempered. <laughs> All right. Hello, Fellow Kids is hosted by Mara and Josh, produced by Josh, music provided by Ben Ash. You can visit him at benash.com. If you'd like to visit us, uh, you can email at us. Uh, you can email us at hfkpodcast at gmail.com. Or... You can also email at us. Yeah. That just means you pick up your laptop and scream into the uh, microphone. We'll be listening. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we're also on Twitter and Instagram at HFK Podcast, and we will be back whenever we are back with whatever we are reading. Bye. Bye.